Welcome to episode 67 of On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. The Ohio Hockey Digest is the foremost location for hockey in Ohio, covering every level played from youth and high school to juniors, college, and pro. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date on all the happenings with hockey in Ohio. My name is Tim Sullivan. I'm joined by Scott Harrington and Dan Humphrey. With On Air, we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names, and faces to interesting people making the Ohio hockey community better. This week, we're going to talk to the head coaches from a pair of teams in the southern part of the state that won their first six games of the season, one from the Capital Hockey Conference and one from the Southwest Ohio High School League, Tim Pennington of Olentangy Berlin and Kevin Berry from Archbishop Alter. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by Athletic Performance Insight, APIs, easy-to-use, affordable technology designed specifically for amateur hockey. Provides every team the opportunity to benefit from video and analytics. Teams use API app to track events in real time. Event data is used to generate reports and simplify video review. Athletic Performance Insight, amateur hockey, elite technology, professional results. Go to athleticperformanceinsight.com today to learn more about this tool and view a demo video. First, before we uh, get to speak to our guests, let's catch up on what's happening in the world of hockey since last time we spoke. So what's going on with you, Scott? Anything new? Uh, Well, it's been a while. We just uh, came off the Thanksgiving weekend, obviously a big weekend for high school hockey followers with all the tournaments that go on in that. Um, Also, uh, just, you know, wondering how your Thanksgiving went. We, uh, had a small gathering, so I actually uh, made some steaks instead of a turkey. I like this it. Year. First time. I like it. Got some uh, fillet mignons. <laughs> and, uh, fillet mignons? Yeah. And uh, did it up right. They're hard to screw up. You buy a nice expensive mm. piece of meat, hard to screw it up. Just bathe it in uh, garlic and butter. And... Now, do you put them on the, on the grill? Did you put them underneath the broiler? Like, what's, what's the technique here? Sear it on the pan. Okay. Get some uh, uh, garlic, butter, and rosemary in there Ooh. in the pan. And then when that's all melted and the steaks are seared, stick them in the oven until they're one thirty. We're recording this at 6.30 on a Monday night. And the last thing I've eaten today was at like 11.15. It was uh, cottage cheese and peppers. Like cottage cheese? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Um, so you keep talking about this filet mignon, <laughs> and uh, I'm starting to get pretty hungry. What do you have with it? uh let's see potatoes a vegetable medley Ooh. and uh what else do we have something else on the side i can't remember that my mother-in-law made watch a little football did you at least have some pumpkin pie to make it traditional we didn't we didn't have pumpkin pie we had some chocolate thing for dessert okay that's fine with me yeah i mean i like pumpkin pie but right i'll take chocolate over that yeah so that's good then you relax watch the football the rest of yeah now were you out at the rinks all weekend i got to a couple games Okay. Got to see uh, Menor and Avon over in Rocky River, and then uh, Padua and Walsh down at OBM Arena. It's a good game yesterday. I know we're going to talk it about was. that later yep. a little bit, but yeah, that was that was good. That was good. I think uh, uh, the Bruins have uh, started to figure some things out. They have. Yeah, that, they were they were legit. Yeah, yep. good, good. Danny, what about you? How was your uh, Turkey Day? Uh, turkey Day was was great. We stayed home and did absolutely nothing. So, uh, Denise, Denise, myself, and Emmett, yeah, I smoked, just got the turkey breast, and we smoked it, and then we did a little clam bake. 
Ooh, ooh. So, so, so a little turkey breast and then clams at the same time. Uh, we did the clams first as a little appetizer, and then we had yeah, the you know sure. your traditional turkey, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole. Ended it with a little coconut cake. Also, a non-traditional lineup over at uh, Humphrey's House. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I approve of all of them. What, did you go old school? Well, I, I approve them all, but but I got to be honest with you, the the green bean casserole. You know, I like it, but it's one of those things that you've had it so many times that it can get a little bit you know old. Do you, do you put the uh, uh, onion sticks on top of it? Yes. The French fried onions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, a little cream of mushroom soup. So here, here, fun facts from uh, Danny Humphrey here. There is no difference between uh, cream of mushroom soup and cream of chicken soup other than the color. They essentially taste the same. They're just changing, you're saying they're just changing the labels over at the soup. Well, well there's, there's got to be mushroom in the one, right? There's mushroom in the one, but it's so cooked down that you can't even tell the difference. So did you use cream of chicken instead of cream of mushroom? So, yep, we used cream of chicken and then put some uh, fresh mushrooms in there. It's oh. a little bit better. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. And then uh, uh, Danny's, uh, Danny's team did pretty well, and we can talk, talk through that a little bit. Um, Danny is the head coach of the uh, San Rose High School Green uh, team, and they hosted a tournament, and uh, they had a big win in the championship game, 2-1. to one. Exciting game. I was able to watch it on – uh, the live barn from where I was at. Uh, Dan, what the Harbor Creek scored to tie it up with 28 seconds left in the game? Uh, so 24 seconds left. Um, so they, 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 they tied 24 seconds left in the game, but let's, let's kind of rewind. Uh, Harbor Creek beat uh, St. Ed's green team on Saturday, five to one or nothing. Oh, for nothing. Oh, or nothing on Saturday. And they, I mean, it was pretty, they handled us pretty well. Um, so then the championship game came on Sunday, and you had to play them again. And you're up one nothing with 24 seconds to go, and they they pop one. Yeah, we uh, we took a penalty with a minute and a half left in the game, which at that point to me was a blessing and a curse. You know, more so a curse. But we can now ice the puck when they pulled that extra guy. Yeah. Um. So I mean, we. We were that, that is that is one of if you think about the end of the game six on four, but now you're able to ice the puck. Question: Would you t- purposely take a penalty just so you could ice the puck if you're below a minute uh, and you're up by a goal? Not by a goal, no. Not by a goal. I, no. I, would you? I don't know, man. <laughs> I because I'm telling you, it, the, I get your point though. So I, in the football game. the uh, which game was I watching? I watched so much football this weekend. Was it the Browns game? They let him, they just let the guy walk into the end zone towards the end of the game. I don't know. It was the Michigan Ohio state game. Yeah. The last touchdown for Michigan, they just stood aside and let the guy walk in. Cause they wanted the time. Cause you needed the time. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, similar situation, similar situation. Do you, do you say, all right, well it's 50 seconds left in the game. They're going to pull their goalie anyhow. And every time we, we try to get the puck out of our zone and it ices, it's a defensive zone faceoff. If we have a penalty and we know that we can kind of get active to where they don't get too much control. I, I don't know. It's a thought. It's a thought. Wow. I don't know a game that, that is possible for anyone to try this in, <laughs> but 
Um, so anyhow, Dan, so continue your story. So, so, I mean, we, we were killing it off. Like you just said there, Sully, like, you know, I'm loving it. Every time we ice puck down, we're killing five to seven seconds off the clock. And they're number 74 on Harbor Creek, who, who had a tremendous weekend for them. I think he put up eight goals over four games and probably had close to 15 points. Um, just came across the blue line, took a wrist shot from outside the dots where we would want him to take it. Our defenseman got a stick on it like we would like him to, and it just tipped the wrong way and went top shelf on our goaltender. Um, so that's 24 seconds left. And we probably we could have melted down and went into panic mode. But for once, everybody kind of stayed level-headed and they everyone still thought we were going to win the game. Just, you know, here I'm thinking, all right, we're going to overtime for it. And, of course, Ace... That's for the players that they feed off the, the vibes from the coaches. If Coach Humphrey is calm and relaxed, yeah. boys, if, they, if you lose your <laughs> lose it, then, you know, they may lose their confidence, you know? Yeah. But so uh, we called a timeout, try to kill some momentum. And AC, you know, drew it up perfectly. Win the faceoff forward, go down, shoot the puck. And of course, simple. <laughs> we win. We win it forward. Right we go down. We shoot the puck. It goes in. I don't even have time to see it go in. And um, that was it. I mean, fourteen seconds left. Scored the winning goal, and then we still didn't make it easy on us. We had to take two defensive zone faceoffs before the game ended. Oh, jeez. Well, that's a well. Congratulations, and and I know you were busy because you were running that tournament as well. So, uh, great job with that, uh, Scott. You asked me if I went traditional. Well, it's kind of a different situation my family was uh uh, visiting uh my wife's uh family out in uh peoria illinois so i was uh han solo for some time now we were going to travel uh for my team for my high school team we were going to travel so i was going to be gone early friday morning to sunday so uh, we had to uh, we had to practice on thanksgiving morning because we had uh some COVID protocol situations and we weren't allowed to skate last week for a couple of days. So we skated in the morning on Thanksgiving morning. And uh, I then stopped over at my parents' house who live in uh, uh, the city where the rink's at, had a cup of tea, bagel, and got home. And I decided to go traditional, a little turkey breast, some mashed, homemade mashed potatoes, some stuffing. Um, and uh, it, it was, it was delicious. It was, but way too much, obviously for me. You know, right. so there was a, a lot of leftovers. So took a pan of leftovers with me on the bus. And, uh, you know, we had some uh, turkey sandwiches and, and such. So so it was cool. It was, nice. it was good. Uh, other than that, uh, back in school, now we're on the stretch between now and uh, uh, Christmas break. So uh, usually it's kind of a hard one with, with travel, with the hockey, and then trying to uh, do the job as well. So, um, again, we record on Monday night. We're talking all this food. I haven't eaten since about 1130. So uh, let's uh, let's get rolling here. Okay. Let's get rolling. Let's see what's in the news of the Ohio Hockey Digest. Uh, let's run through some of the Thanksgiving tournament results. Uh, the big uh, chiller Thanksgiving tournament, three different brackets in that event. Upper Arlington, St. Charles, and Thomas Worthington were the three varsity division winners there. 
Um, we mentioned I was out at OBM Arena to see Padua and Walsh Jesuit. Um, the Padua Bruins with a 6-3 win in that game, winning, uh, tied 3-3 at the end of two periods. Uh, and the Bruins uh, came through with uh, a big win. Talked to Coach Perry Cohagen after the game. Uh, and you can find those comments on an on-air podcast, Quick Shift, over at Ohio Hockey Digest uh, right now. So go over and head head over there and listen to that. Um, Perry's got to be happy without the way things start, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Obviously, um, you know, that's a team that just hasn't been in a position to win a tournament like that uh, recently. Um, we got the game sheet from would have been Friday night, I guess and saw that they beat Shaker seven to five and thought, well, really, you know, what your first thought is, well, one of two things happened there. (laughs) Shaker either really had a bad game or Padua played the game of their life based on the results we've seen, you know, in past years, but having seen them uh, win a couple more games, they beat Holy name as well. Another great lakes league team. And then after seeing them play yesterday, uh, they're just a better team this year. And that's good for the league to see uh, the paddle of Bruins be a little more competitive. No, I agree. And, and uh, you know, I was speaking to one of their senior players uh, the other day, Brock Bissler, and he, he's just a great kid, great hockey player. Um, and, you know, he was, he was excited. He said to me, he's like, Sully, you know, we're, we're finally in, in a spot to where, you know, we can move the puck through all three zones and, and get some attack. And, and, you know, so, Again, it's it's a team that's in the league that I play in, but like you said, I'm glad to see that they're getting back to where they need to be and used to be, and, and I'm happy for those guys and pairing all those. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, won't be an easy out this year for sure. And I actually had a pretty good time, uh, pretty good luck trying to live tweet the game. I actually caught four, three or four of the goals, which is rare. Usually I, I screw that up. But if Scott's you're on, live tweeting now. If you're on Twitter, Jesus. hockey underscore Ohio, go over and check them out. I got I got some highlights on there um twitter live yeah oh my god the, uh, he's gonna start only fans next <laughs> <laughs> the cold turkey event at tam o'shanter uh that was just one 12 team group right and with the points point system there yep. they had him ranked one to the dayton stealth saint francis and bowling green came in one two three uh at the top of the standings in that event which you were at so i don't know if you have any thoughts yeah sharing that one. It, it, i'm every year that's it's a great tournament it's a great event you get you know a four game guarantee um and you get to play a lot of teams that you don't get to see uh normally within the year so uh steve Elliott from northview does a great job the hospitality for the players the parents the the coaches just i mean it's a it's actually a 24 team tournament because he's got 12 JV teams going as well at the same time. And the way that, that, that he just has it operating, you know, with the half hour breaks so that you can, he, he plays like six games, has a half hour built in time so that any games that are late, they can then the afternoon wave can catch up and then the evening wave can catch up. And you know, I mean, we, our one game was at nine o'clock at night on a, on a Saturday. Oh, well, I mean, you got 24 teams trying to play, you know, he does, he does a nice job with that. And that's always one of the big ones. Um, The Frozen Creek tournament, uh, the PHA Prowlers beat Beaver Creek three to two in that one. Um, And also one of the kids from Beaver Creek pulled the Michigan move. Oh, no way. In in that one. Yeah. Uh, And I'm going to have the video up on the website by the time you hear this. 
I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Well, if you can, if you can do it. Yeah. Scored. Okay. <laughs> it was a one goal game. I think oh. they, they lost three to two. Uh, so they played twice. I don't know if he did it in the game. I've seen the clip. I don't know if he did it in the game. They won four to nothing or the one they lost three to two, but um, Hey, you can pull it off, I guess. Right. Now. Okay. Right. So what are your thoughts on, you, you just don't want kids trying it and fumbling, fumbling around or you're concerned on how the other team might take it? I don't know what I'm concerned about. I just don't know. Like, I don't know why I just, it just doesn't, you couldn't do it. So you don't want to see your kids. Yeah. Right. Right. It's kind of like the kids ask me what kind of hairstyles are we allowed to wear. It's anything I can, you know, and <laughs> if anyone knows me, I don't, I don't have too much hair on top of my head. So, you know, if, if I can't be a part of it, then, you know, I don't want anyone to be a part of it. No, I just don't know. I mean, I, they listen, it, it, I guess a goal is a goal, right? Yeah. And speaking of those, and the, and the guy had the guy who did it for his name is Mike Legg. I don't, they always call it the Michigan. Right. The guy has a name. He right. should get credit for it. Mike Legg. He didn't trademark it or anything, but um, the kid, uh, there's a Russian kid coming in for the 2023 NHL draft and he pulls them off with regularity, but he did one at a tournament last week where he was just skating around the net. He didn't stop. He was just going around the net, put it up on his backhand and plopped it in there. It's ridiculous. I couldn't do it. Either. No, I couldn't do it with a ball hockey ball. Probably. I couldn't do it with a high life stick. Yeah. Uh, some other events, the Nordonia tournament, Parma beat Nordonia five, four in the championship game of that one. Joey P yep. Joey pepperoni with the win. <laughs> And Archbishop Alter won the DePaulo tournament at Goggin Arena with a 2 nothing win over Springboro in the championship game of that one. Josh Wiener of Walsh Jesuit had a hole-in-one at the Portage Country Club, the ninth hole, prior to picking up two goals and two assists in the Walsh 6-1 win over Holy Name on Friday. Josh finished second overall in the golf states this year. He shot a 70 both days, the Ohio State Scarlet course. Hey, good for him. Congratulations on the hole in one. It's a full day. Again, something I've never done or never can do. So, <laughs> What's the lowest you've shot for 18 holes? Uh, I have shot in the 70s, uh, 74, 75. This was years ago. I mean, my golf game, you, you would think, would get better as I get older and I have more time on my hands and I played – a lot last year it just i used to go to the range i used to i used to go to the putting green my practice for golf now is when i go play golf yeah and you just can't do that yeah drake barnish of the cincinnati junior cyclones has scored 33 goals in the first 25 games of the usphl premier season making him the all-time leader in that league with 97 career goals Barnish also has 33 assists for 66 points on the season, and he needs 20 more points to set the league's all-time points record. Those are heavy numbers, man. Big numbers. Heavy numbers. The Ohio State women's team is number two in the country after a 14-2-0 start, and the men's team is off to a strong start as well. They split with number six Minnesota on the road two weeks ago and are 8-4-0-4-2-0 in the Big Ten. Freshman Georgie Merkulov, a former Youngstown Phantom, leads the team in scoring with three goals, seven assists for 10 points in his first 11 NCAA games played. It's almost a point a, a game. Not bad. That is. That's good math on, on your part, too. Tell you what. That is very close to a point per game. History teacher all the way, baby. <laughs> 
Mark Bergevin was let go after 10 years as the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens over the weekend. Former Rangers GM Jeff Gorton was brought in as executive VP of hockey operations to work with the uh, yet-to-be-named general manager. Montreal ownership says that the new GM must speak French. What do you think about that? So, Patrick Wah. That, well, he can Patrick speak French, Wah. that's for sure. Well, I saw this picture, and it was him in his last game uh, in Montreal. Remember in the old Montreal yes, where the uh, GM sat right behind him? Yeah. How ironic would that be? Yeah. Yeah, that would uh... – I think he's probably, it's been a lot, that's been a long time. So I'm sure the, and I don't even know if it's the, still the same owner ownership. I don't know either. I mean, but I'm sure that's blown over. I mean, that's a good gig. He does speak French. He does speak French. And he seems like he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders for, you know, the hockey operations stuff. He's tried coaching. He's running a, ju- a junior team up in Quebec and doing a really good job. Right. Right. Um, and it seems like maybe there's some, some similar shakeup coming in Vancouver. They're just, they can't get out of their own way either. Um, Chicago made their moves already. That, yeah. that kind of came to a head because of the off the ice stuff. Yeah. This period of the Ohio hockey digest on air podcast is brought to you by the United States premier hockey league. The USPHL had more than 1,200 alumni playing college hockey last year and more than 250 playing pro hockey, including in the NHL. Now with six teams in the Ohio Hockey Digest coverage area, there has been never been more opportunity for hockey players from Ohio to start working their way up the junior hockey ladder. Learn more at usphl.com. Let's get on air with Tim Pennington, head coach of Ber- Olentangy Berlin High School. Olentangy Berlin launched their Ohio High School Athletic Association varsity program in 2018. And the Bears moved up into the red division of the Capital Hockey Conference this year. They started their season off by winning their first three red division games, including a 7-5 to five win over two-time defending Blue Jacket Cup champion Upper Arlington on November 21st. The Bears currently sit at 6-1 and one on the season. Please welcome on air Olin Tangy Berlin head coach Tim Pennington. Let's get at it, Tim. Um, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, Tim Pennington. Uh, is joining us from Olentangy, Berlin. Uh, Tim, we had you on the podcast previously when we were having one of our, uh, and I put in air quotes, two-division discussions. And we had you on uh, that panel as one of our second-tier white division coaches. But since that time, the Bears have moved up in the world, joining the Red Division of the Capital Hockey Conference. Tell us about the procedure for setting the divisions in the Capital Hockey Conference and how that unfolded for you and your team. Yeah, so every year, um, it's pretty much, we have three divisions here. So whoever finishes first, like in the white division, which is in the middle, you automatically move up. And then if you finish last in the red, then you move down to the white division. And the same thing with the blue. So if you win the blue division, you move up to the white. If you're in last place in the white, you move down. But, you know, we're looking for um, equal competition every year. So you can petition to move up or down depending on, you know, how you think your team's going to go. If you were heavy uh, senior laden and, you know, the year before and you did well and, you know, you lost a lot of those guys. I mean, some guys will stay or they'll say, you know, we're better off in this division. Uh, for us this year, we did not, we, um, we did not win our division last year in the white. We uh, came one point away 
from that, but I petitioned to move up to the red just because I thought we were going to have a stronger team. And again, we're all about trying to have the best competition we can at each level. Tim, question about that. Let's say you uh, or a team wins the white division and it's senior heavy and you have a bit of a rebuild, uh, but that vehicle states that you are to move because the last place team in the red now has to come down. Right. Is that part of the petition process? Like, well, listen, I know we won the white, but we graduated 12 seniors, let's say, you know, and, and is that, yeah. how, how, how is that? How does that, I mean, I'm sure that may cause some conversations, if you will, because I can tell you this, we try to do that up here in Cleveland and you had teams that were like, well, listen, I'm not moving down. Right. Well, you lost, you lost the red. You got to move down. I'm not moving down. Right. You yep. know, so, so how, how can you talk us through that a little bit? So I think, uh, you know, the coaches down here, I mean, everybody gets along uh, really well and there's not really a, I don't want to say a power struggle, so to speak. Um, but you know, Dublin Jerome has been a, a power for years here and they actually, you know, they moved down to the white division this year. And they just thought it was going to be better for their program because they lost a lot of people and they were down. So they're kind of in a rebuild mode. Um, so it's, it, it, again, it's one of those things. I, I think it's, we've always been very open with our discussions and it's always, um, you know, when we have our league meeting, everybody's pretty open about it. And and I don't think anybody's ever looking to sandbag for, for one thing. Um, and everybody does want to play the best competition, but at the same time, uh, you know, they realize again, like Murph and Jerome this year, they're like, you know what, we're not going to be as strong. We're not going to be able to compete in those games in the red division. And it doesn't make sense for us to stay up there and, you know, uh, just have games that are going to be, you know, one-sided for sure. Sure. And uh, Berlin only added ice hockey at a, as a varsity sport in 2018. Is that correct? Yeah, this is our fourth year uh, yeah, with the so- program. Yep. So it's and we had a uh, curve. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 No. And uh, so our JV program last year was the first year we had a JV program. So. Okay. Yeah. So kudos to the coaching staff, obviously, but on top of that, what, what, um, on top of what you brought to the table, what assets did you have there in the Columbus area and the Olentangy school system specifically that you were able to leverage to build your program so quickly? You know, again, I think it's like anything else. It's just, you know, a, a lot of times we're a byproduct of uh, the players that we have. So, you know, I, I don't want to say that, um, you know, I'm making a world of difference with the guys out there. The reality is if you have guys that are good players, it's going to make you look better as a coach when it comes down to it. And, um, you know, we've had we, – and we have a combination of players. We've had some kids that have played travel at different levels. And then we've had some kids on our team this year that have just played at the house level. So we have a combination. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to it. I think the Owen Tangy school district in particular is growing. Uh, it's one of the fastest growing in Ohio. So I think we're a, a product of that. It's just, you know, there's, there's a lot more students, um, you know, the area is, you know, halfway affluent. So a lot of times that that comes, you're going to have, you know, hockey players along with it. And those uh, kids that went to Berlin high school previous in previous years before the varsity program started up, where were they playing? Uh, so, you know, when we started, we only had juniors at the school. So we, 
the first year of our program, we had no seniors. And so uh, a lot of our kids uh, either went to Olentangy or Olentangy Orange. And as seniors, they did not have the option, even though they lived in the newly districted Berlin area, they did not have the option to come over and play with us as seniors. So they had to stay with their teams. Uh, so, you know, we could have, you know, we could have obviously had a more competitive team that first year if we would have uh, had kids inside the district, but they decided to let them stay with their school that they'd been with the whole time, which is fair. That makes sense. Gotcha. Columbus Academy also joined with you guys as a new program in 2018. And uh, St. Xavier came over from the Southwest Ohio Hockey, uh, Ohio High School Hockey League uh, in 2019, given the Capital Hockey Conference 18 members at the varsity level. With the youth hockey numbers in the greater Columbus area, is there room for further expansion uh, in the Capital Hockey Conference? You know, uh, I guess it would depend if, um, you know, there's, there's not that many teams left in the, in the Southwest League down there. Uh, if you look at um, – Beaver Creek, and then some of the ones that are down there. Um, but in Central Ohio, so we have club hockey here. So Hilliard has a club hockey team, and there's I think there's six teams here. Uh, so Westerville is a pretty big school district, uh, and so is Hilliard. So, I mean, there would be room if, if they wanted to do it, um, but then the administrations in those schools would have to go along with it. So those are the ones I look at in particular. Um, New Albany was part of um, I think the Northeast Storm, which is a club team for many years before they broke out and became a varsity team. So, you know, and and the uh, and the group has always said, hey, you know, if anybody wants to join, they're more than welcome to join. I mean, we're not trying to keep our numbers at a certain level. So let's talk about your current season. Two big weekends to start off for you guys. First, you played a three and three in league play. As you know, as we said, you're moving up to the red division for the first time. Right. And you took all six points, including a seven five win over Upper Arlington. That must have gotten people's attention. Uh, tell us about that game. Yeah, I think so. It was, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. In a few of our games, that one in particular, uh, we went ahead in that game and. Uh, then we were, um, I think we were up three to two and then they came back and made it three, three, four, three, and then we made it four, four, and then they went up five, four. And, and then we scored, uh, late to tie it. And then we scored late again to, to go ahead in that game. So it was a really evenly matched game. We went back and forth. And, um, so we ended up getting an empty net goal and beat them seven to five and, consequently we played them yesterday and we lost seven to five to them again <laughs> so we beat arlington seven to five and then we lost to them seven to five yesterday. you're keeping the uh, official scores on their toes down there uh with all these goals but <clears throat> so you take that momentum into the chiller thanksgiving tournament win all three of your games in group play and then set up that rematch on sunday again you said seven to five again um didn't turn out the way you wanted but you guys battled back you were down six nothing in that game is that That's- right and scored five straight to get back in it. Um, What do you think your players took away from that? Well, you know, the the whole thing about it is, and it's like I tell the guys, it's, you know, everything I try to talk to these guys is about life lessons. And, you know, when we were down six to nothing, you know, we definitely had some guys that, you know, were pouting, had their heads down. And I'm like, guys, this is life. You know, you're going to go through ups and downs in life. And how are you going to respond to adversity? So when we were down three to nothing after the first period, you know, I, I just said, you know, you, you got two ways to look at it. You know, you can, 
I don't care if we lose nine to nothing, if you're all out effort and, you know, I'm, I'm good with that, but you have to have effort and you got to have a good attitude. Uh, and then, you know, of course, after two periods where uh, we weren't down six to nothing, but they ended up going six to nothing. And then we scored a goal uh, late and, you know, you could see the momentum on the bench. The guys were starting to think, oh, you know, like we can get a couple more and maybe get back in it. And and that's all we preach is one shift at a time, one period at a time, one one goal at a time. And, you know, the momentum, it, it just started to swing our direction. There's no doubt about it. You could see the ice was tilted in our favor. Um, but Arlington's a good team. They they hung on and, and, and got a late goal, I think, with under two minutes left to go up seven to five. So we're looking forward to playing them again. <laughs> well, that's pretty impressive. I mean, down yeah. six nothing and, and uh, the guys putting uh, their boots on it, getting back to work to getting it that close. So that congrats on that. So it's also a bit more about this year's Berlin team. I mean, you know, what do the Bears have going for them heading into the season? And what do you think some of your biggest challenges may be? Uh, moving in, moving in through the season and the end of the playoffs. Yeah. So I, I think the thing that we've got going for us is we've got, we definitely have speed for sure. Um, we've got guys that can just make some plays and they can just skate by some people. And, you know, there's in hockey, if you can play and you've got speed, you're going to put pressure on the other team. So um, that's probably our biggest asset. We're, we're pretty, you know, I, I wouldn't say our forwards are better than our D or D better than our forwards. We've got a couple uh, key defensemen that are hurt right now that are going to be out for a, a little bit. So once we get them back, you know, hopefully those seven to five games aren't seven to five anymore. Um, but um, yeah, I think we're pretty well-rounded, uh, but, but we've got some speed and we're going to put pressure on teams for sure. And you said you're looking forward to seeing Upper Arlington again. Who are some of the other teams that you think are going to be in the discussion at the end of the season for uh, winning the Red Division? Oh, well, Liberty for sure. So and we're going to find that out real quick. We play them uh, this weekend, and then we play them back-to-back the following weekend. So three times in uh, six games, we'll be seeing them. Mm. And uh, so, so they're going to be good. Uh, they're, they're always good. They're going to be there. St. Charles will be there again um for sure uh you know some teams in the uh in Arlington obviously uh some teams in the in the middle that could surprise this year are uh Dublin Kaufman and possibly St. X uh you know might be as well so it'll be it'll be interesting to see um but but those are the ones Moeller I have not seen this year so I, I don't really know anything about them they're in our division in the red um so anything can happen and they moved uh, up this year as well, right? So the, they did. Yep. Yeah. They were one point ahead of us. So they automatically moved up. Um, so I'm assuming they're going to be pretty good, but I haven't seen them. Uh, and, and then you never know. I mean, there's some good goaltenders in our, in our league and um, you know, any of those teams can surprise once you get to the district tournament, you know, you get a hot goaltender, anything can happen. That's what's fun about it. Absolutely. I agree. Well, Tim, thanks for joining us again. We appreciate you uh, joining the show again. Um, good luck. Uh, congratulations on a great start. Good luck with the rest of the season. Thanks. And the push into the playoffs. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. The third period of this episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest on air podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Hockey Project, Northeast Ohio's leader in player development and advancement. Take your training to the next level this offseason with the Ohio Hockey Project. Visit www.ohiohockeyproject.com to learn about drop-in skills and holiday clinics. Ohio Hockey Project's 
three verse three holiday classic in individual and small group sessions. Let's get on air with Archbishop Alter Knights head coach Kevin Berry. Archbishop Alter was the runner-up in the Southwest Ohio High School Hockey League a year ago, dropping a 3-2 decision to Beaver Creek in the title game. This season, the Knights are winners of the of their first six games of the season, which included their opener in league play and a championship at the DePala tournament in Goggins Arena over the weekend. We're talking with Kevin Barry, Archbishop Alter's head coach. Uh, Kevin, before we get started about your team specifically, give us an update on the state of youth hockey and high school hockey in, in the southwest part of Ohio. How are the participation numbers looking uh, and all that? Um, not, not as good as we'd like, uh, quite frankly. Uh, unfortunately, this year we've had two teams from our league that weren't able to uh, field teams that have been had a long history with this uh, Centerville and uh, Sycamore both were not able to get full teams um, this season. So we've had a bit of a drop-off in numbers. Our team is down two uh, players from the previous year. Um, but uh, we've, we've some of the coaches, uh, Greg Gutterman has done a great job with um, uh, his uh, uh, the academy hockey program. And uh, we're, we've taken some steps to try to uh, start some try hockey for free programs at both the youth level and then also at the junior high level, we've tried to uh, make it more affordable uh, by bringing in equipment and um, getting uh, free ice time for kids if they want to try to sport. And so we're trying to trying to boost the numbers if we can, and we're hopeful. We had really good participation at the uh, younger level in the Try Hockey for Free program uh, through the academy and the Ice Hounds. So we're, we're hopeful that the future uh, will be a little brighter. So Centerville's storied program, I mean yeah. – They've been to the, the final four. They've, I mean, they've always they've put their name on the map. Was it a, so just so that our, our listeners are, are clear, this wasn't, this is a numbers thing, not a like shutting down for a COVID or whatever. This is a numbers thing, right? Right. The, the school wanted to have a program. They tried very hard to put together a team and uh, they played this summer, but uh, several of the players, uh, the better players decided to play uh elsewhere besides high school and they just didn't have the numbers at the end to to field a, a team this year at the varsity level so hopefully they'll be back next year and uh, uh the same with sycamore sycamore was really close from what i understand they were just one or two players away and um but they decided also to not uh, field a team this season that's too bad hopefully we see the elks uh back skating soon where yeah. Nate lehman got his start yeah centerville so Coach, we're not trying to lure you into giving any of your competition, any bullet board material or anything like that, but um, do you see the defending champions from Beaver Creek as the main competition in the league again this year? That's um, a leading question. Who do you think is the big, biggest competition you've got? In the I mean, come year? on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the teams in our league are going to be competitive and good, of course, but uh, I would say that uh, that Beaver Creek and Talawanda would probably be the top two. Talawanda is back in the league this year after – taking one year off as an independent. Uh, they were very talented last year, ended up in the top 10 in the state. Um, I don't think they're quite that level this year, um, but uh, they look pretty good. I saw them some at the Deep Iola tournament this past weekend that we participated in. They were in the other division, so I didn't get to we didn't play, play them, but um, did see them on the ice. And uh, so I would say those two and ourselves are probably the three favorites out of the six teams right now. And you also have uh, Mason, Troy, and Elder to give you a, a six-team league there. Um, we talked a little about Centerville and Sycamore. It, it, 
it sounds like they're close with their numbers. Is is there still, do you think, uh, appetite to get the varsity programs back on the ice at those? Yeah, I, I think both, uh, both, like I said, both schools wanted to have teams this year. It just didn't work out, and uh, we're expecting to have both of them back next season. That's great. And we should mention also, you know, the tournament you talked about this weekend, you did win that tournament. So uh, can you recap that for us? Yeah, we were uh, we were in the blue division along with uh, Springboro and uh, Kent Roosevelt and the Kent Cyclones. Uh, we played a round robin with those three teams. Uh, they did the typical high school tournament point system where you got a point for winning a period and uh, two points for winning the game. If you split a period, you got a half a point, or if you got a tie, you got a half a point um, or one point rather. Uh, we um, we ended up uh, the round robin with. Uh, 14 out of 15 points. So we were the top seed going into the finals and had a rematch with uh, Springboro and, and uh, won that, that a very good competitive game to nothing. So we've seen a lot of Springboro this year. We opened the season with them uh, on the road four to one. And then we uh, got them first, first in the first game in the deep Iola tournament uh, and won that one five to one. And then we saw them again in the finals. So Three of our six wins are Springboro. <laughs> but, uh, well, don't play them a fourth time because you know how that you know what happens there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So right, but, right. Well, let's talk about your team uh, a little bit more now. Um, how are your roster numbers? Uh, we have fourteen players this season. Um, two goalies. Uh, we uh, so we're running pretty much two lines. We've got a couple extra wingers to give a little rest. We can go about two and a half lines, and we're running two sets of D. We have. Uh, Four, seven seniors this season, so we're uh, pretty experienced. Uh, no freshmen this year, uh, so that kind of speaks to the numbers situation. We didn't have anybody new come in. Uh, we had one potential. We have one potential player that may join us even later this year, but uh, will be with us next season. Hopefully, that would have been a freshman this year. Um, and uh, anyway, we're, we've got a couple really good uh, players up top, and uh, we'll go as far as I think the middle of our roster will take us. And uh, they've shown. We played well as a team together. I think in the preseason, we had four preseason games. I think everybody had at least one point and uh, we had all but three players had multiple goals. So that was good to see that we're spreading the wealth around a little bit. Yeah. We've got a couple um, really good scores. Well, Augustine has 12 goals already in the six games we played this year. And um, Spencer Morgan, I think is second in goals with eight. He's a defenseman, uh, but really strong and a good, strong offensive player. And so speak, speaking of some, I'm sorry, speaking of some of those players that you're talking about, who are your captains and your key players on the team that are kind of like driving this, this force right now? Uh, I would say that uh, our cap, well, our captains are definitely Will Augustine. He's our captain. Our two uh, alternate captains are uh, Spencer Morgan and Adam Schultz. Uh, they're certainly good leaders, but we, like I said, we have seven seniors. We've got a lot of leaders on our team uh, besides those three. Um, our defense has been very strong. We've only given up, um, I think four goals uh, in our six games now. So that's uh, pretty, pretty tough. And uh, so on defense, we've got uh, Spencer Morgan. He's been playing with Liam Riley, who had a really big goal in that championship game for us. And uh, then the other pairing is Nick Hable, who's a senior and really been strong on defense. He made a beautiful save uh, a bit on our goalie out in that two nothing win. And uh, he's paired with, um, uh, Pardon me here, Adam, Adam Ryder. So Adam Ryder, so those are our four defenders. 
and they've done a really nice job, and we're getting a lot of scoring uh, on that top end as well. So, so you said you've only uh, given up four goals in six games. So let's talk a little bit about your goaltending situation. Yep, you that's you had, also a strength. Yeah, you had two. You, have, you said you have two goalies, right? Yeah, we have a senior, uh, and we have a junior. Our junior, Grant Russell, was the MVP of the championship game. He won three of the games in the Deep Iola tournament. And our senior is Robert Peterson. He's been excellent. He actually missed the first weekend of games for us, so that's why Grant kind of got the nod in the Deep Iola. But he'll probably play uh, next weekend when we play Kilbourne and uh, Toledo Whitmer. So that was my question. How do you? How is there a standard rotation? Or do you just go with the starter and then a backup? Uh, last year, they were both on the team as well as, as a junior and a sophomore. Uh, their save percentages were within uh, 0.1% of each other. Uh, so we pretty much alternated last year. We did try to make sure that they each got a chance against tougher competition. We were kind of, you know, waiting for one of them to emerge as the as the clear leader. But they they both played well. And uh, they, they, they were so even that we pretty much uh, kept it, uh, you know, alternating situation. and. You know, this year it's still early, and they're both playing very, very well. Uh, I think one's got a 96% save percentage, the other's at 93 or something like that. So um, can't argue with those numbers. And uh, Coach we'll Barry's have... a happy man when, when he hears those numbers. Man. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah that 96% save percentage makes coaches – makes good coaches. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, I understated. It's 97.3% for Grant Wright. Oh, so my gosh. Short there. Right. So uh, you mentioned you have no freshmen on the team. That's correct. So yeah. what is like, what's the feeder system look like down in Southwest Ohio, uh, especially for your program? Well, Dayton Stealth has been the organization. They kind of took over. There was a merge merging several years ago of Spring Barrel Hockey Association, uh, Dayton Stealth, um, and uh, one other organization. They all kind of merged together under one umbrella. They kind of did away with their house program. And uh, we think that's had a bad effect on the high school numbers. So now the Dayton Ice Hounds out of South Metro are trying to try to pick that type of program up. It's they were asking quite a bit. Uh, they made everybody a travel player, and that required a greater financial investment, if you will. And uh, for you know beginning players, that's probably not ideal. So it's always great to start out the season on a high note, winning your first six games. Obviously, you've done that, but now you have to maintain or build upon that. So what's next for the Knights? What's the message for the team in practice this, this week uh, after starting off 6-0 and winning a tournament over the Thanksgiving holiday? Well, we got, you know, we, we got, it's, it's early. We've got a lot of work to do. Um, we've only played one league game. We're 1-0 in the league. We uh, had a game with, Alt, or with Elder. Um, but we've still got Beaver Creek out in front of us and Talawanda a couple games. And as we talked at the beginning of the program, those are probably the two schools that are uh, going to be the most competitive with this uh, for, for the league title. Um, so we, we, we've got a lot, of, a lot of work to do. Uh, we're looking forward to the Mayor's Cup uh, over Christmas. Uh, that's one tournament that's eluded us. We haven't won that. We have won a, at least one tournament every year in the six years that I've been with Alter, and we kept that alive this past weekend. Um, but uh, the Mayor's Cup has eluded us, and we're looking forward to that one this year. Uh, Springboro will be in that, so we'll get to see them one more time, and then uh, we also have uh, Beaver Creek in there in Troy. So, uh, so for those who aren't familiar, tell us about the Mayor's Cup. That's uh, so that's just the Cincinnati area teams or Southwest area, uh, Dayton area teams actually for the most part. Okay. Past, uh-huh. So how many teams are how many teams are in that? Uh, this year it's going to be uh, Mason, Troy, uh, us, uh, 
Springboro and um, Beaver Creek. So five teams this year, I believe. When yeah. is that? When is that being played? It's always uh, right before Christmas. So okay. Year, um, yeah. Oh, that, that that sounds like a great tournament. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun over the years. Centerville's always been in the past. Unfortunately, this year they won't be part of it. Um, but uh, does the mayor actually uh, present the hardware at the end of the tournament? Not not since I've been a part of it, but it'd be, it'd be neat to see that happen. That would be great. Cool. Where do you guys play this at? Uh, it'll be at South Metro this season. So some, I, I, the mayor does probably does not listen to our show, but we we may have to like uh, you know really call the mayor out on this and say, hey, it's called the Mayor's Cup for a reason, right? Right, right. yeah. You know, I don't know whether you actually have the. I'm wondering the when it school or who, who, yeah, yeah. When it first started, did the mayor like was this his idea? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the history on it. I think Beaver Creek um, or maybe uh, maybe the South Metro Ice Center actually. Uh, start started the started it was before my time it's it's been going on for quite a while right so that's cool like a city championship team regardless you've got teams from the two different leagues now um but playing for a you know probably playing against kids they've grown up playing against and that so that, uh sounds like a good event yeah absolutely yeah, we're well, going. well coach uh thanks again for uh spending some time to talk to us about uh your archbishop altar team and and uh the status of um, hockey in Southwest Ohio. Uh, we congratulate you on your early success and Appreciate we uh, wish you best of luck moving forward uh, the rest of the year and uh, through your league and through the States and all that stuff. So good luck there. Have a great holiday. Good luck in the mayor's cup. Hopefully you get to meet the mayor when he's handing you the cup. Cause he's going to listen to this. So there you go. Thank you Alex, very much. Appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, take coach. care coach. Well, it was good catching up with uh, Tim Pennington of Owen Tangy, uh, Berlin and uh, Kevin Barry from Archbishop Alter. You know what? High school sports to me, obviously I'm involved in it. I've been involved in it for a long time, but you got the state football finals this weekend, hockey starting, basketball starting, wrestling's going. I mean, high school sports to me is the, is the grassroots of sports. I mean, I truly miss the fact that our, I used to open up the, the Cleveland Plain Dealer and just read the high school results. I didn't care what it was. See, I'm, I'm sad that that doesn't happen anymore, yeah. but, um, but it's glad it's, I love talking to all these. Co- I mean, Archbishop Alter, there's probably listeners that don't, that they don't even know. Is it a Catholic school? Is it a, is it a public school? Where is it? You know, one of these things, you know what I mean? And they're out, they're down there playing hockey, winning championships, having fun, going to play for the mayor's cup. I mean, it's great. Yeah. Good stuff. It's always nice when you get that, that nip in the air and you get the, high school but I, I would rather go to a high school football game than an nfl game to be perfectly honest with you and uh for that matter i'd rather go watch the crushers play over in uh lake lake are you ever going to the one in, in, in lake, Avon lake than, yeah, yeah, yeah. then uh going to a, a major league game but uh it's you know to the indians to, game oh, oh i'm sorry er, 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 guardians the guardians so. Did you see the logo fell off the front? Dude, that's there? absolutely <laughs> the guy that put it up there was like, I am, I am not screwing yeah, this in. This. <laughs> I am not screwing yeah. this in. And I'm going right. to keep every time you tell me to put it up, it's going to fall down in, th- in two days. Right. But it's, uh, you know, sports a little more at its, at its purest, you know, having worked in pro sports and then just watching it for however many years, you start to get a little jaded after a while with the, uh, the pro athletes and that, but, uh yeah you're right it's uh and it's an exciting start to the 
the uh, high school hockey season and one more week of football. I know that everybody here at Ed's is, is watching very Oh, closely. man, we are jacked up. And uh, we had – River had a nice run. Avon went out this week, but so for the Northeast Ohio uh, group up here. But uh, Ed's is still – and Hellband still in there. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the early results in the high school season, you know, there were some – some uh, big wins by teams in that, you know, second tier white division we were talking about, you know, Paddle and some others. Uh, Berlin, uh, you know, beating uh, Upper Arlington. Like I said, I'm sure that got a lot of people's attention. Although I didn't, and I didn't mention this, we had Coach on, but doing the preview for Ohio Hockey Digest, I, you know, sent a little questionnaire out to the coaches. You can send me yours whenever you're ready. I already so, sent it back. Um, so I sent it back. I absolutely did. Okay, I'll check. Um, but I'm the, getting the called other, out. The other, <laughs> the other coaches in the red division, uh, it's always Upper Arlington, Liberty, St. Charles. Everybody had them, you know, with teams to watch or whatever. But uh, a lot of them mentioned Berlin also. Oh. They're like, so they're, they're, uh, they're coming on strong. Just the fourth year of the program. That's pretty impressive. Right, that's very impressive. I mean, so here's the thing, though. I mean, if you're if you're involved in in any high school sport or whatever, and when you know you know right, and so those guys down there that mentioned Berlin, they know, right? And you got to honor it. You got to say, well, they're only a fourth team. No, I mean they got the personnel. They have the personnel. Yeah. You know, when you know, you know. I mean, you, 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 there's, you know, honestly talking to, to to Coach Barry about having zero freshmen on his team. But then again, that, that doesn't speak to his team. That speaks to the status of hockey in his area, right? Because there's not a lot of hockey players in that area, which we have to start to build that. So, um, and by the way, I did send it back. Okay, Jack. I did send it back. Well, now that I'm thinking that I fill it out and it's still sitting <laughs> on my computer, but it might be. <laughs> but I know I filled it out. So, well, uh, it, again, it's nice to be in the studio with you. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's not in the studio with us. But at least he's on because uh, someone's not here. <laughs> well, it's good to be back, and it's good to uh, uh, talk some hockey. Uh, look forward to doing many more here. Um, so uh, check out OhioHockeyDigest.com for the full lineup of upcoming guests. We're continuing to grow the game as best as we can. This is On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. 